Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Mike Francesa. Join me each week on the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. This is real sports talk for the podcast generation. Subscribe to the free Mike Francis podcast today from wherever you get your podcasts. Don't even think about betting this football season until you check out the Sports Betters Paradise podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. The top college and pro football handicappers help you along all season long. Subscribe to Sports Betters Paradise wherever you get your podcasts. Fantasy. Today's episode is brought to you by Flex Fantasy, and they want me to relay a message to you that they have cracked open the game of fantasy football to all. When you sign up for a free account and download the Flex Fantasy app, you can import all your teams from all your leagues across multiple platforms that you play on. Spice up your fantasy playing experience by challenging league mates or strangers off the street to a fantasy matchup no matter how or where they play. And put your money where your mouth is by placing a wager on your head-to-head matchup. It doesn't matter if you are on Yahoo and your opponent is on Sleeper. You can import your teams to Flex Fantasy to face off. You can even make wagers on who you think will win between other challenges besides your own. So sign up for a free account and download the app to try it out at flex.fan. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. It's time to look into the future, baby, because it's the Clairvoyant Thursday. And it should be easier now we're near a Halloween week. Sawin is upon us. Welcome into the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe so you catch when we have new content available to you guys. And you can also check us out on bellyup.tv. If you miss an episode, that's okay. Download the Foxy Network app on your Samsung, Roku, LG, and Fire TV devices. Look for the Belly Up Sports TV category or just stay up to date with the show when you're on the go and download us on your favorite podcast app. If you give us a five-star review, 
It really helps us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, joined here with Brian Scott, like I always am on Thursday nights to kick off the injury inquiries. And also, my co-host for Thursdays is Chris Dowhower. That's right. I have co-host for a Wednesday now. Now I have a co-host for a Thursday. So it's just it's just a matter of what day of the week it actually is. But how you doing, gentlemen? Very good. Doing pretty good. I'm looking at Brian. He's talking about the you know, Halloween theme. He looks like he's in one of those like horror movies where someone was going to pop through one of those windows or those screens next <laughs> to him. In the house. <laughs> in the house. <laughs> yeah, all the different things I'll peek through. <laughs> if we if we see a, a backwards hat poking up, <laughs> that's that's Mike Brown there just peeking up on him. <laughs> yeah, watch the top of that staircase. You never know when you might see a little one come down from upstairs. <laughs> That's the scariest of all. I mean, it's <laughs> <Some> floating down. <laughs> all right. So as we always do, we got the clairvoyant Thursday. It's the second half weekly preview today for week eight, because we're officially at that midway point. There's officially more games behind us than ahead of us when it comes to the fantasy football regular season. And we're all trying to make those playoffs. So Hopefully, I have some good advice for you guys tonight. But first, let's kick it off with the injury inquiries. Injury inquiries. Oh. Oh. oh, all right. It's actually a pretty short list tonight, Brian. But yeah. unfortunately, we did have a big name drop earlier this afternoon that I had to throw onto this list. Yes. Jamar Chase, he's getting listed now. He had a hip and a shoulder. What he's getting listed for is the hip injury that's going to keep him out for four to six weeks. Not on the IR yet. I did double check that. He's a prime candidate to be put on, but not quite on there yet. Doesn't mean they won't put him on after this week. But Jamar Chase out for a significant amount of time with a hip issue. Yeah, um, surprising, to say the least. Uh, caught, caught, I think, a lot of people by surprise. Um, from what I've read, he he's actually been dealing with this since week six. And then sounds like he, he really tweaked it or really aggravated it this past weekend and uh, pulled up lame on some routes that he was running. Um not sure if he actually came out early, but but was playing. Uh, he had a huge game. Yeah, he did. He had a great game. He, he, um, well, he did leave early. Just to interject real quick, he did. He did leave for a period of time because I I went against Jamar Chase and I was wishing that he didn't come back. And it was the hit as as what he left for Brian. So sorry. Yeah, I think he might have sat out a few plays here and there, but did finish the game right? I think. Um, yeah, he came but, back in. Yeah, yeah, but not really sure what to make of it. Um. What is concerning, though, is that he saw a specialist on Monday, apparently. And whenever I hear of that, uh, it brings me to one hip injury in particular that I'm always worried about when it comes to these professional athletes, and that is a labral tear of the hip. Um, We've heard of labral tears in the shoulder. Well, in a similar fashion, you can get that same kind of injury in the hip. Um, Traditionally, where you see it more often is in hockey players, actually. In fact, Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins had two hips surgically repaired for label tears this off season. And he's scheduled to come back. Uh, I think he had it done in like May supposed to be back sometime in November. These are like six months plus recoveries, sometimes as much as eight months to get back from these pr- procedures that the, the problem with these procedures is they're not always very successful. Um, they have to be done by a very skilled and knowledgeable surgeon. And I'm, I'm concerned that Jamar chase might be headed down this path. Having heard what I heard these last 24 hours here, about this injury, which they haven't really gone into much detail about. In fact, when he was talking to the media, he was kind of hush-hush about it just to say that it was his hip and he's been dealing with it, and that was about it. So um, I am concerned. 
He could potentially land on IR. They're saying it's about a four to six week recovery. However, they're not really clear on what exactly he's recovering from. And when I hear that he saw a specialist, that to me is very concerning. So, you know, definitely a situation we need to keep a close eye on and see what happens going forward. Um, You know, star player, uh, hopefully this is not a season-ending thing. Hopefully this is not something that's going to need surgery. Uh, But I am concerned when I hear what I heard. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's really a shame because he's one of the top players. Chris, we are going to talk about the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati game. That's the Monday night game later on in the show today. So we'll talk about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Burrow and and what that will all mean later on. Uh, I want to get back to Brian here. Ryan Tannehill, ankle limited today. Do you think he's going to be able to play? Um, so, you know, uh, Ryan Tannehill hasn't missed, I think, a single game since he's been a starting quarterback in the league, maybe, or that's maybe just with Tennessee. But um, if anybody can tough out an injury, it's this guy. Now, he was spotted uh, wearing a boot coming out of the game on Sunday, saw, was seen with it on on Monday. But then on Wednesday, he did not practice, but was out of the boot and then did a limited practice today. So he's making quick progress. So it's probably a mild sprain. Maybe he just tweaked it when he got hurt in the game. He actually got taped up and only missed one snap. Um, so he was able to play through it. My guess is he's going to do another limited practice on Friday. I think unless Tennessee steps in and says, uh, we're going to shut you down this weekend, I would expect him to play. However, you could see him limited. You might actually see their rookie QB Malik Willis. suit up. So something to keep an eye on, but my guess is it really depends on, I mean, I think actually their bye week is behind them, which is very important. Um, I think they had a bye week six. Yeah, so correct. so this could potentially sway the decision to maybe start Malik Willis and give him another, a week to rest. But, you know, if Tannehill, I think, has anything to say about it, I think we'll see him out there. I think that uh, that fumble that Malik Willis had on Sunday pretty much put the rest any guy any ideas that they were going to start Malik Willis. So if Tannehill can go, he's going to be the guy out there. Uh, Jahan Dotson, it sounds like he's going to be out another week with the hamstring injury. This was supposed to be a one to two week thing. Now we're going on three weeks and more. Yeah, and uh, the funny thing was, I, I swore that uh, while I was watching the Thursday night football game on Amazon, that I s- saw it scroll across the screen that he was available this week. <laughs> but uh, that had to be a typo because everything I've read says he's not coming back anytime soon. Uh, I don't think he's even stepped on the practice field again. Uh, they've already basically Ron Rivera has already ruled him out for this weekend. Um, you know, he reaggravated the hamstring, and again, you know, we talked about this before. These hamstrings take a long time to get better. You don't always know whether or not they'd healed until you had a chance to test it out. And if these guys can't get through a limited practice session without re-aggravating it, it doesn't bode well for them coming back anytime soon. And we've seen that already with several other guys, Keenan Allen probably being the most highest profile guy that we've seen it with. And uh, I mean, you can see how much this can shelve guys for how long too. It's, it's kind of crazy, but uh, I, I think Jahan Dotson's in the same boat here, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, start taking notes now, Brian. We got uh, Mark Andrews, who's out with a shoulder injury, and now Rashad Bateman is back out with his foot issue that he's been dealing with himself, too. So that's, take notes for funny. next week. Well, that's funny because I think we, we kind of said, I, I said, like, midfoot sprains are not just variation of midfoot sprains. And, you know, I don't know which one he's dealing with, but they all suck. And they, yeah. all, they all can be very difficult to bounce back from. So I was kind of surprised that he was actually even going to play. But, you know, he had practice leading up to this week, uh, this game. So unfortunate for him yeah the Ravens were desperate to try to get some offense going in this game uh let's get back to what we're talking about here tonight which is uh David Njoku he's dealing with an ankle issue sounds like he's not just out this week he could be out for a few weeks too what do you think the timeline's gonna be on him 
so they gave a crazy kind of gap of time between two to five weeks, which doesn't right. make much sense to me because they also said that he's dealing with a high ankle sprain. Um, and as we've also talked about on this show and in other shows, high ankle sprains take a long time to get better. We've seen that historically with a lot of other players as well. Um, they have a week nine bye. My guess is you won't see him back before that. That would make sense to me. Uh, we got Alan Lazard. Now, he's already come out and said he doesn't think he's going to play this week. Do you think he plays next week? Well, now, I've read um, that he had a new shoulder injury uh, right. this past weekend, and that's what we're talking about, right? Because I think before right. he had been dealing with an ankle thing, came back Correct. from that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that's my he, bad as the outline. I did put ankle. I meant to put shoulder. Oh, that's no, no worries. So he described it as a Rice Krispie-type feeling in his shoulder. I'm not sure what part of the shoulder he injured. He could have just sprained the AC joint. Sometimes you'll get that when you tear the ligament up there from getting a direct hit. He said it happened when he got tackled. Um, had a sling on though Monday, uh, but not yesterday or not Tuesday or yes or Wednesday, I forget. But, uh, you know, in the papers and in the reports, he was quoted as he didn't sound too confident like he was going to play. And this is coming out of his mouth. So my guess is we're going to, we're not going to see him now. The Packers are desperate for receivers too. So this could be a game time decision, but it didn't sound too optimistic coming out of Alan Lazard's mouth. No, I, I, I definitely not going to see him this week. I think the question is more is like, when exactly are we going to see him? But we'll have to wait and see come next week again. How about DK Metcalf? So many people were hoping that Metcalf was just going to take another deuce, but uh, that was not the case. He actually did hurt himself this time on the cart. Kept saying he's okay, he's okay, he's okay, but he's not okay. He's not practicing, and it looked like a pretty bad knee injury, at least watching it on tape, but what did you see? Yeah, so, you know, after doing a little bit of homework on this one and looking at some of the reports coming out the last few days, uh, it sounds like he had an old injury to his PCL a few years ago, and he may have aggravated it this past weekend. Um, so he avoided any major injury. Uh, it's, it's not something that typically requires surgery, and in this case, he's not going to need surgery as well. Um, but Coach Carroll was kind of pissed off and blaming it on the turf, um, you know, and then started going in. Everybody does about- go to play the Giants. He's going into a rant about who else is getting hurt. And, you know, then he started talking about the Giants and playing on at, you know, MetLife Stadium. But the funny thing is there's been no major injuries at MetLife Stadium this year as far as ACLs go. So, you know, whatever, uh, you know, it's anecdotal at best. But um, uh, I don't think we're going to see him for a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, if anybody can heal fast, it's this dude. He's a freak of nature when it comes to his physique and his uh, uh, physiology. So I think if anybody can bounce back quick and probably play somewhat injured, it, it'll be him. I don't think he's going to be out too long. Last but not certainly not least, we had a lot of significant names on tonight's show. How about Debo Samuel? Two days in a row, he's not practicing with the hamstring, and they do have a bye week coming up in week nine. <clears throat> Yeah, and I think that's really going to play into whether he plays or not. Um, you know, a, a guy like him, you know, whose whose game is predicated on speed and explosiveness, uh, you know, not being able to get through a full practice on a hamstring, I don't think you chance it knowing that you got a bye coming up in a couple weeks. I, I think it's best served for him to sit out, and I think that's what the plan is probably going to be. And for those of the Christian McCaffrey, we don't care if uh, Debo sits out maybe <laughs> for an extra week. <laughs> That's going to do it for Brian here. Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Where can Pleasure. we follow you at? What you got coming up this week? Yeah, uh, n- not much this weekend. Just kind of chilling. Got some friends coming in from out of town. But I've got a, a, two articles I put out last week, uh, Both with well, one with Andrew Leduc uh, inside the medical tent. We got that actually a new version of that for week eight coming out tomorrow. You should see it on the Belly Up Fantasy website. Uh, dropped a, a an article last weekend about uh, OBJ and what you can expect from him possibly returning week 11, I think is what they're projecting. He'll be cleared and I'm sure he's going to end up somewhere. 
Uh, whether or not he's going to contribute is another story. Um, so you can get my take on that if you read that article. And then as always, I'll be on uh, Twitter at host Brian Scott Daily doing some injury reports and uh, updates and uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook, the Injured List podcast and my page, uh, Insta- uh, InjuredList.com. Last but most important question, what are you dressing up as this Halloween this weekend? <laughs> you know, the, so the last three years, I've kind of just thrown costumes together based on some stuff I got lying around the house. Uh, so I'm not even sure. It's going to be a game time decision for me. It's going to be a game time decision for me, too. Chris, I decided, because we have a special coming up on Sunday this this, this week, uh, the MD's Monstars, and it's going to be a little bit of Halloween special, a little bit of talking about some all-time players and uh, mid-season awards, and we'll do some Star Sick questions as well, because we're not we're not usually on on Sunday mornings. Uh, but I decided I couldn't figure out what I wanted to be, so I'm going to roll the dice, and I'm just going to go to Walmart, and whatever's left over from the Halloween weekend, I'm just going to get it. And I'm going to wear that. So we're going to see exactly what it's going to wind up being on Sunday. We'll we'll all find out together. But, Brian, thanks so much for coming on. We'll have you again next week, next Wednesday. Guys, make sure you check out the Injured List podcast. He he does all sports, not just football. And you must follow him. It helps you guys out on all of your fantasy leagues. So, Brian Scott, at host Brian Scott on social media. And, Brian, we'll see you again next week, Ben. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Take care. All right, Chris, it's you and me. It's Mono e Mono. It's Clairvoyant Thursday. Let's give the people what they want with their first obvious starters. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. We do have a few. Last night, I didn't, the first segment, I had one obvious starter, and he wound up getting hurt in this game. That was Mark Andrews, so joke's on me. But. Our four matchups we're going to talk about for our first segment here. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles. So we got the Tennessee Titans versus the Houston Texans. The Washington Commanders against the Indianapolis Colts. That'll be a doozy. And of course, the San Francisco 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. So our obvious starters for these matchups, starting with the quarterback position, should obviously be Jalen Hurts there. He's got him ranked at number two. Quarterbacks have been abysmal. He's awesome. Not much more we need to say there. And Derrick Henry, I got him as my RB1 because he's playing Houston. Did you guys see what Josh Jacobs did last week? Ryan Tannehill's banged up. Guess what? The entire offense of Tennessee is Derrick Henry. Yes, fire him up as your RB1. Here's who we want to talk about, Chris, and have a little more discussion. Jonathan Taylor. So... Sam Ellinger is the starting quarterback now for the Indianapolis Colts. I, before we even get into it, I first want to allow you to go on a little rant on the Colts with the whole Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz thing. So we're on the same page in this, but I, I want you to do it. Go ahead. Go. Well, no, I mean, look, it's going to be hard to compare apples to apples in a sense because Carson Wentz is hurt right now and, and people were down on him in Washington. But he did make it the full season. Just want to point that out. I've listened to this entire offseason about how Matt Ryan was going to be the savior for the Indianapolis Colts and how his, you know, quarterback savvy, all he needed was a good offensive line. Then it was the offensive line was a problem. But we kept lo- overlooking the fact that Matt Ryan's been washed, okay? He can't throw to the outside. He was a fumbled machine. And the only time he did good was in the fourth quarter. What other ex-quarterback that was washed does that remind you of? Ben Roethlisberger, because that's what it reminded me of, and it was a complete shit show. And I think all the thing that basically the, the Colts did was cut losses. Now I think their owners are more on for kind of you know forcing this to happen in a sense. I have no idea why they signed Nick Foles or trade for Nick Foles because why would you have this guy on your roster if he's not just your backup quarterback? But they are going to see Ellinger, 
And to kind of bring it all back into it, does it can it hurt Jonathan Taylor? Because right now, backup quarterbacks like you know Brett Ripon or something like that actually look better than some of these quote unquote starting quarterbacks. Matt Ryan should never happen. Thirty million dollars for the Colts, flush it down the toilet. Enjoy that season. We've seen this before. Philip Rivers keep going down the list, list, list. Except for this time, it blew up way earlier than I think any of us expected it to. Bye bye. Certainly early in the Colts expected it to. So it was really interesting listening to everybody talk this week. Of course, the Colts now are airing out all their dirty laundry. And, and first, just to address what, you know, the Nick Foles of it all. Apparently, Sam Ellinger starting is all Jim Irsay. That's 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 all the owners stepping in like, I want to find the future. So let's play the, the young second, you know, second year kid that I drafted in the sixth round. Who's who's not going to be good. Uh, but that's why I think Nick Foles is the backup quarterback. The other part of this, though, is that it w- Matt Ryan was not supposed to just be a one-year rental here, people. He was supposed to be the starting quarterback for them for two to three years. That was the plan going into it. Everybody in the else league knew that he was done, apparently, except for the Indianapolis Colts. So, yeah, they're going to be stuck behind the eight ball. When it comes to Jonathan Taylor, he's too good of a talent that you're not going to start him. So that's why he's in the obvious starters. He's my RB7 on the week in a in a weird way this could actually benefit him though because regardless of Ellinger how good or isn't he is they're gonna have to lean on the run their offensive scheme going into this game is going to have to be we have to put more of a focus on the running game which hasn't happened to this point second most pass heavy team in the entire league Jonathan Taylor the last few weeks even when he's healthy he's only getting like 10 carries so that part will have to change. The volume should tick up as far as the rushing carries for Jonathan Taylor. Now, does that lead to more fantasy points? Could it be less efficient? That offensive line is still horrendous. That all remains to be seen, but there will have to be, I believe at least, a schematic focus on getting the running game going if Sam Ellinger is going to be your starting quarterback. What do you think about that? Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. No, I think that he's actually is a clear bonus. Bat Ryan brings nothing to the pocket. He brings you no kind of caution or RPO action. Him and Shaka was basically a, you know, a, a, guy, a guy waiting to be hit or a turnover waiting to happen. Sam Ellinger is not good. Let's not get it twisted. But he can throw the ball about four or five yards. Well, that's what Matt Ryan can do. That's what he became. So, tough with the volume. Volume's going to change, but good. And the offensive line hasn't played up to par. But I think it helps them a lot, too, because now you have an identity, as you're kind of alluded to. This Colts team can't figure out who the hell they want to be. That's part of the problem. And as a result, your offensive line has to do all kinds of different things week in, week out. I saw a couple weeks ago where it's a very good Denver team. Deion Jackson run all over that team. Why? Because the team can block when they want to. Now, I think the same Ellinger part is going to help is that you have RPO. You keep the safeties, the linebackers, a little, a little cheat a little bit. 
John Taylor, we both agree, is a very big guy and a very fast guy. So you give him an extra half a second or a second or a crease, that changes everything. So I think John Taylor's all the way up. If I'm a guy out there, I'm buying as fast as I possibly can because I do think this is a boom. Whether it's, you know, it helps the rest of the offense, who knows? I don't care. If I'm a John Taylor guy or I'm playing in the sweet, so, you know, um, obvious start, John Taylor should be in your lineup. Yeah, absolutely. So how about our next obvious starter, CMC, baby? He comes in my RB8 this week. He'll be more immersed into the offense. That's number one. If they don't have Debo Samuel, they'll have to lean on him a little bit more from that aspect as well. What do we expect out of CMC? Do you think he does become the top 10 running back already? Just needs need that one week to get into the playbook? Or, or are we having too high of expectations on a guy that still needs to get into the playbook? And maybe we don't really see him fully immersed until after the bye week. I'm not worried about the playbook. I'm worried about the 49 rest of the team scoring points. If the team moves the ball, McCaffrey's fine. Look, we've seen Jeff Wilson. We've seen all kinds of different guys be RB values. I mean, Trey Sermon, every time he was a possible option as a starting guy, people added him to their teams. So when you come to Christian McCaffrey, obviously a very talented player. Whether he's the same player or not, it doesn't really matter. For the team, we know this team uses Debo in the red zone, uses different guys. Well, he's got a clear role there. So if he falls in for a touchdown or two, you're feeling really good about it. And as for the yardage, you were happy with the efficiency. So I'm not worried about the playbook. As long as he's going to get the touches where they matter and his team can move the ball, I think that's going to be the crucial thing for Christian McCaffrey owners. They do play the Rams, so they do like to beat the crap out of. So a good get-right situation for them. And, yeah, I'm high on CMC, too. All right, as far as the other obvious starters go for these matchups, A.J. Brown coming in at my wide receiver seven on the week. You love it against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cooper Cup, of course, wide receiver one. Need I say more? And then at tight end, I do have George Kittle coming in at my number two. Probably should have made him my number one if I knew Mark Andrews was going to get banged up. But there's no Travis Kelsey this week. And look at this tight end list. After George Kittle, I got TJ Hawkinson, Pat Freermuth, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Tyler Higby, Harrison Bryant. Like, and that's the top eight tight ends. I, uh, I, I just don't like tight end this year. No, and I don't blame you. I mean, the guy you have, like Hawkinson had a nice big game a couple weeks ago, had a prime opportunity to have a good game this past week because he's basically the only left guy standing out there in the passing attack. And, you still weren't really thrilled with what you got. So I'm with you. This tight end position is like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? One guy I wouldn't mind throwing in my lap weekend week out. I'm going to keep beating the drum on it. You have him a little down on your list. But Taysom Hill, why not? Because after the top guys, what else do you got to lose? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's at my top 13. Basically, I just that's 13 spot, that's where I want to keep him at, relatively speaking. Anyway, I'll give you one guy I do like. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll give you one guy on the list I did like that you had up there, Pat Vermouth, and that's the guy that's quietly being one of the more consistent targets, no matter who the quarterback's been for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when he's healthy, he's been involved. Yeah, we're about to talk about him in the next segment, too. But it's it's ugly at tight end. But George Kittle, he's got the great upside. I know the Rams are not a great matchup on paper, but here's the key point for him. Trent Williams is back. When Trent Williams is back, he gets to run routes. And if Debo Samuel's going to miss this game on top of it, he'll be asked to catch the ball more, too. So I feel pretty good about George Kittle being an obvious starter this week. But let's dive into our lock em ins lock them in it's a lock. I'm locking in Miles Sanders, and I'm locking in Damian Pierce, both inside my top 15. Pierce at RB15, Miles Sanders at RB13. Pierce is getting too much volume to ignore, and Miles Sanders has another good match up here against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's been just as efficient as, well, frankly, he's always been. 
Uh, but the Eagles are actually letting him eat more this year. They're not involving Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell quite as much up until this point. So I'm locking both these guys in as high end RB2s. Yeah, I like, you know, I definitely like Sanders. I definitely like what he's done this season. I will throw you know, a little caution to the wind just in the sense that if TJ Watt is back, this Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been getting better over the last couple of weeks and showing more progress, especially as they get healthier. So, you know, Sanders can have a little bit limited upside, but I like the ranking where you have them. The RB2, I definitely think it's a nice kind of having your lap and you're locking them in. Um, and then I think, you know, the other situations is a similar thing where as long as this team continues to kind of do what they're doing, you feel good about it. Yeah, that Houston Texan Tennessee game, that might be the fastest game this week because there's going to be a lot of running. That clock's going to tick, 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 tick. What about, <laughs> what about our wide receivers? Are we locking in there? Well, I'm locking in Devonta Smith as a top 12 wide receiver this week. I got to get rid of the scroll so you can actually see that. That's right. I got him as a low-end wide receiver one. I'm cramming A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith inside the top 12, Chris. Yeah, you're feeling real confident. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is something to kind of take advantage of, but Fitzpatrick's coming back. They're getting healthier, like I said before. I, I like the mix. I like Devonta Smith. I'm a little trepidation. This game's a little bit slower scoring than people might think it's going to be, so that's my only my caution. I don't know if all these guys are going to eat for the Eagles. I think the two receivers eat, uh, especially because they're coming off that bye week. They had a conservative game against the Dallas Cowboys, and look, frankly, I think the Steelers got lucky last week. They got lucky because the Dolphins wanted to get the ball in the hands of Tua Tagovailoa as quickly as they could and not get him hit. If they were actually running their full offense, they would have got lit up, like you saw in the first half. So I'm not really too worried about not being able to take advantage of the Pittsburgh Steelers' defense. And with T.J. Watt, I mean, from there's a possibility he could get activated by this Sunday. But from what I'm understanding, it's more likely Week Nine is what they're targeting, but we'll see exactly what winds up happening. So this Debo, I had him at wide receiver 18. Obviously that's going to probably get thrown to the wind because we don't really think he's going to play at this point with two back-to-back practices, but it does tie into my other lock him in wide receiver, which is Brian Ayuk, who's at wide receiver 20. And if Debo's out, he'll get moved up. With Brandon Ayuk, he's been looking pretty good as, as far as Jimmy Garoppolo looking for him down the field and being the lead receiver lately. Maybe Diva's been a little bit banged up longer than we thought. Who knows what the, what the question mark is there. But Brandon Ayuk's been very explosive, and they got a decent matchup here because Jalen Ramsey's not Jalen Ramsey this season. And, and the 49ers, they just they don't want really to get their guys open. If Debo's going to be out, then guess what? Brandon Ayuk gets to assume that role. Debo kills the Rams. If Ayuk gets to play that role against them, well, lights out, baby. And I got him inside the top 20, and he'll be even higher. Yeah, I like Brandon Ayuk a lot. I don't know if I would have had both of them in my top 20, but I definitely like Brandon Ayuk's opportunity with the Christian McCaffrey. I think he's the guy that I trust the most with these changes in the offense that we can see moving forward. And I think that, as you alluded to, he's the he's the receiver of the group, the true receiver of the group. And he's been kind of targeted as such. And we see that you know, second half of last year. Production starting to kind of match that. My only concern, like I talked about, is the 49er offense in general. They haven't really been consistent. Jimmy G needs to kind of find his groove. But Baron Ayuk has been a guy that you definitely like in his lineup and has the upside, as you talked about. And he won't be stealing camera on you a whole lot. Let's be real. This guy doesn't shout, he doesn't shout at people anymore. So, yeah, as you right. alluded to, the 49ers will get the guy that they want to get involved. So it's not going like, you know, to be all over. Yeah, I only had inside both, both inside the top 20, assuming Debo was healthy. Ayuk would have fell down a couple of spots before Sunday kicked off. Uh, but let's talk about our lock him in tight end. So we talked about Pat Freermuth a little bit. I do have him at tight end four. Last week, 
He had his good game with Kenny Pickett. That was the big question, right? It was like, oh, Kenny Pickett comes in. Does Pat Freemuth have the same value, the same volume that he had with Mitchell Trubisky? And that question got answered in a big way last week. Now, it was a nice match against the Miami Dolphins. It's not an easy match against the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Eagles have locked down corners on the outside. I don't see the receivers breaking loose. And this is also why I think the Eagles, you know, all their players might get some fantasy points. I think the Steelers might be running into a buzzsaw on both sides of the ball against the Philadelphia Eagles, frankly, this week. But I don't see the receivers getting loose too much on the outside, which means the middle of the field is the only real vulnerable spot that you can actually attack this Eagles defense right now. And that's going to lead to Pat Fruitmuth, I believe, being that safety blanket for Kenny Pickett, which... While I think they get blown out, I think there'll be plenty of volume, kind of like how every game has gone for the Pittsburgh Steelers so far on offense anyway. He also seems to be one of the few guys that actually understand how the game plan for. And just one other point, you know, you look at the trends that matches with the Eagles, talked about their defense when, where you're going to have to attack them. I and mean, everybody realized that the easiest way to kind of attack them is not necessarily easy, but is through the safety and through their slot receiver position. Well, as you see trending for Steelers over the last few weeks, You've seen Claypool, who gets 80% of the snaps, you know, percent of the snaps in the slot position. And Firmus have been the guys who have gotten more benefit of that. So as they get more attention, and the game plan should be, you expect that Firmus to continue to have that nice floor. Uh, I'm also locking in Dallas Goddard, who's at a tight end five, just talent and opportunity. And, yeah, you're playing him. How about Tyler Higby? So Higby is what I want to talk about a little bit here. So I got him at tight end seven, so I am locking him in. Of course, we know that Tyler Higby is the third most volume tight end, even with a bye week mixed in there. The issue, or I shouldn't say the issue, the, the one concern I have, the Rams just went on a bye week. I would hope, I would think, that Sean McVay, being the offensive guru that he is, would have reassessed some of the things that have been going on. Do you think maybe that means Tyler Higby will be asked to block more coming out of the bye week, or is it just going to be the same old, same old for the first six weeks that we saw this? My concern is really what's Ben, ben Skronik is going to get more opportunity because he's a good blocking receiver, supposedly. I, Dan, I don't have any confidence this is going to change anybody's role. I think Higby's going to be a bit of Higby is. He basically, he's the guy that they go to because they can't run the ball, and he can't throw to cover every play. So I think that role doesn't change anything this week. Okay, and that's why I have him at tight end seven. Because I, I look, he's got too much volume heading into this matchup to not play him if you have him anyway, especially based on the tight end outfit. So even with my concern of what will we see, very much still have him in the lineup if you got him. Let's dive into our lookout for players. Look out for. Look out for Jimmy G. Jimmy G has been a top 10 tight end the past couple of weeks. That's how bad it is, the quarterback position. I want to be clear. (laughs) But if the 49ers get moving against the Rams, and I think Christian McCaffrey is actually the perfect piece for a guy like a Jimmy G because it just makes everything safer and easier. He's a guy who comes into my QB 15 spot. So what do you think about Jimmy G as a streaming option this week? Yeah, I mean, why not? As you alluded to, he's top 10 guy. Basically, how the quarterbacks are going, you want to find anything that has any kind of floor. You're going against the team that they basically owned over the last you know, three years, four years now. Um, you got a low weapon that you can kind of play with the running back position. You have nice matches with Brandon Ayuk on the outside. I think that you, you know Jimmy G's a nice option. You haven't really seen any guys explode. You remind me of kind of the Kirk Cousins or Dirk Cross options of the past years, which haven't really changed this year either. 
Um, but that's where he kind of falls in the middle tier that you talked about. Uh, Mr. Josh asks a question. Do you answer trade questions? Yes, Mr. Josh, we do. So fire up the trade trade question and we will definitely answer it while we're on the show. Uh, other guys to look out for. So Chris, I'm going to hit you with a, with a tier here. Najee Harris, I got him at RB24. Brian Robinson, I got him at RB29. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I have him at RB34. And Darrell Henderson at RB28. And why do I have all the four of those guys as a lookout for in this segment? Because I don't want to play any of them. But unfortunately, they're all RB3. So they're all at least in the flex conversation. And because Najee Harris sees 20 opportunities a game, he manages to carve out my RB24 spot this week. I love Najee Harris. I'll play Najee Harris this week. Look, I've been happy with what I've seen the last two weeks. I know Tampa Bay is kind of a mirage in some senses because everybody's running the ball versus in the last couple weeks. But what you saw versus him, you see guys getting healthier. He had a decent game last week. And I think that as we get farther and farther from the injury that he had, people keep forgetting that he had an injury to start the season. I think Najee Harris is going to be a little bit healthier. I like the kind of where I saw, like I said, the last two weeks. And I think the volume, as you talked, is always there. So I put all those things together versus a team that, you know, you can throw against their linebackers. I think Najee Harris is going to have an opportunity to be involved. I think he's a player that I, I don't mind having him on. rest of those guys, I, I want no Penner Henderson. Um, I don't know what that line is going to be. Talk about Higby's role or who who knows. Can, doesn't matter. Like, can they block anything? And then, you know, as you talked about the other situations, I think there's some upside. Um, I just think he's probably the other first guy is my safest option. Henderson has to come in as an RB3, though, because he's going to be the bell cow back this week. Is he? Malcolm, I mean, Mal- I guess, yes, yeah, he will. I guess. Malcolm I guess Brown might get mixed in to some degree, but there's not going to be no Cam Akers, and Kyron Williams isn't going to be back yet. I, I think Sean McVay will keep it exciting for us. I just want you to think Malcolm Brown. Uh, that's the name I'm worried about. I just I, I have no hope for anybody in this backfield. Mr. Josh says, I'm one in six. Oh, boy. So your back's against the wall. I just got offered A.J. Brown and Gibson for Jamar and Hubbard, I don't really care about the Gibson deal. Um, I will say this. Because you're one in six, you need A.J. Brown more than you need Jamar Chase at this point. So I'd see what you could do about the running back situation. Maybe there's somebody else besides Gibson you can get. Because I think Hubbard is worth more than a Gibson is. Hubbard, technically speaking, is the starting running back for that team when back and healthy. But I would ultimately look for a way to do that deal to make sure you get A.J. Brown because you can't afford to wait on Jamar Chase to come back. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I would be, I would be kind of questioning what, you know, what kind of scoring that you're also doing there, Josh. Think for Hubbert. You know, Foreman's definitely going to be a guy that's going to be involved. And Hubbert's honestly a great pass catcher. Well, I think there's more of a better role for the pass he catcher. He still ran more routes, though, so it seems like he's going he to did. be the pass he, catcher he did. than Dante Foreman will be. Uh, don't disagree with that. But now we're talking about Carolina. With PJ Walker and how many pass catching opportunities I'm aware, we can't get the ball with DJ Moore based, I mean, barely. So I'm not really worried about the running backs getting involved. I think there's more of an opportunity the running back that you ha- you know you're giving up basically um, that I wouldn't necessarily let that trade. I think you have to do it. I mean, I, I think uh, you, AJ Brown. AJ Proper, I'm all, I'm all about. I'm with you on AJ Brown. Absolutely. Like I said, see what you can do with the running back situation, but I think you have to do it for the wide. Or have to at least make sure you get the part that part of that deal done for the wide receivers in your situation. Okay, let's move on here. We got the wide receivers to look out for. How about Brandon Cooks? So he's at my wide receiver 26. I'm going to be looking to move him up now that we have the official news that Nico Collins is going to have a groin injury and be out for at least multiple weeks. 
No one really wanted to say when they, you know, Lovey Smith came out and said he'll be back at some point this season. Oh, okay. There's only like nine more weeks to go. Thanks for that. Brandon Cooks, though, has not been getting featured because they're being guys like Nico Collins and and everybody else involved. And my hope was that they were going to trade Brandon Cooks as a result of this usage. But now maybe that doesn't happen. And maybe with Collins out, they have absolutely no choice but to feature Brandon Cook. So again, he's on my water tier 26. I'll probably move him inside my top 24 before Sunday. Make sure you check out the updates on BillAtFantasySports.com. But Chris, what do you think about Brandon Cooks in your lineup this week? I like Brandon Cooks, and I think he's got one of those you know guys that you want to have in your lineup this week. Has some sneaky upside. I like the matchup, and I also like that you talked about the role. You know, one thing that hasn't happened this year is Lovey Smith hasn't come out and said we need to get Cooks the ball. Now. The trade part you talked about, I, from what I understand, he doesn't want to go anywhere, and they had no intentions of trading. That's why he got extensions. You know, he knew kind of what he signed up for in a sense. Um, but as a result of you know the situation where the Pierce has to get the ball, Collins has to get the ball. Well, they forgot about Cooks. Now that Collins has to get the ball, we know Pierce is going to get his twenty carries or whatever it is. Brandon Cooks is their only prime catcher, and then they're going to get back to the basics. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be a guy that's a sneaky guy to have in your lineup, and I think it's a good play. Uh, Mr. Jassy is Hines instead of Gibson. That's not any better. Uh, let's, let's, we got another question coming in, uh, Bap Jap. So I'm a 10 team family league with little to no trading, boring as hell, trying to upgrade my wide receiver core CD lamb. I'm going to assume AJ Brown and Chris Olave, but these useless scumbags won't deal anyone or anything. Well, first of all, that's a great way to talk about your family. Uh, second of all, so it's, it's basically, this is more of a question about, how do we get the trade market going, right? Unfortunately, there's one of two ways to do this. One way grease is that wheel. you have... Was that? You have to grease the wheel? You have to, right. You have to grease the wheel. One of the ways is going to be, look, you have to go to your family member, talk up a certain player, explain to them why a trade will help them out and why yours will... And really put in the extra work. The other way is to take a trade where maybe you overpay slightly to then set up another trade because a lot of times what winds up happening is when people see trades start to happen in their league, then they actually want to start trading too. So one of two ways for me to do about that, Chris, what would you, your overall advice be? Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're both greasing the wheel in my opinion. I think the key thing is you want to, somebody wants to see some action. So you might, somebody have to kind of eat the bullet and throw themselves in their grenade where you, maybe you make a smaller move. Don't, you know, overdo it. You're giving up your best player for nothing, but, Maybe give a move where it's obvious or a little bit obvious that maybe you're sacrificing just to get a move done. And then once that kind of occurs, you know, usually people do kind of follow, you know, suit. Um, and I also think on the, on the flip side, does it help, you know, kind of talking up different players or having some discussions of what, what's your problem with your team and figuring out, you know, maybe we have a solution like, well, look, if you need a running back, I have a receiver, you know, can we figure this out? Um, I think that's kind of, you know, trying to work it out. But sometimes it just takes a lot of action. And I think that's going to be just somebody kind of bite the bullet, so to speak. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances 
go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get back to our lookout for wide receivers. I got Terry McLaurin sitting at wide receiver 28 and Curtis Samuels off the graphic because I got him at wide receiver 42. Finally, things are right in the world. But Chris, how confident are you really playing anybody in this commander's team right now with Tyler with Taylor Heineke as the starting quarterback? I'm not very confident all things are well in the world. Let's I'll start with that preface real quick. Um yeah, I think that I'm not I'm not confident in any of these situations. I mean, look, for me, the thing I like about Heineke is he's gonna be a little bit mobile, so it helps the running game up somewhat. The offensive line's terrible. You know, people put a lot of things across Wentz, he holds the ball too long, and that's something that's true. But his line going to the season is terrible. So Heineke gives him a little bit more, you know, athleticism in that aspect. And what I like ultimately is Terry McLaurin. I know it wasn't great last year, and I keep beating the drum on this, but when there's a young guy comes in and knows who he wants to throw the ball to, that's the benefit. Everybody else kind of suffers. Samuel, who cares anymore? I think when Logan Thomas gets healthy, he could be an option, but the tight ends aren't really involved. And this passing attack in general is has just you know been a shell of what it wants to be anymore. They've, they've kind of gone to you know, riverboat Ron style, which is really being super conservative, running the ball as often as possible, making offense terribly boring, I think it's going to be a very low-scoring game if they can keep it that way. I'm um, not loving any playmaker or any key as an option this week, other than McLaurin Cowboy. Yeah, and even then, he's a boomer bust wide receiver three for me, just for everything you just said. How about Michael Pittman? So Pittman comes in at wide receiver 21, which means I'm still playing him as a low-end wide receiver two. The million-dollar question that really nobody's going to know the answer to until Sunday comes is who's Ellinger going to favor? It should be Pittman as the wide receiver one, but we've seen backup quarterbacks have favorites from who they've actually practiced with and played with. I think in this standpoint, the only person that could possibly be Alec Pierce, but here's the thing about Sam Ellinger. He has no arm, so I don't think he's going to be reaching Alec Pierce anytime soon. I, I, I hesitate to say that this is an upgrade, for Michael Pittman, but I don't think it's a downgrade. Am I crazy? I don't know if I think you're crazy. I do think it's a bit of a downgrade. Look, I killed Matt Ryan, but one of the things he does do a good job of is it's a prime receiver or top receiver in his game plan to get them involved. He usually figures out a way to get them targets. I have a lot of concern with the volume in general is going to be in the past attack. You kind of alluded to that earlier in the show. And as a result, the one guy I think has kind of gotten – the benefit of this change, and especially this non-aggressive version of this Colts, has been Paris Campbell. So if Pittman gets a little bit more underneath stuff, I feel like it could be a benefit if he gets kind of utilized and where I'm going to kind of make sure you're still getting the ball. But if you're going to have Pittman continue to run around, he was kind of doing, and Paris Campbell's going to be the underneath guy, then I worry that Pittman kind of gets forgotten about because, as you talked about, Sam does not have an arm. He's not pushing the ball. While Matt Ryan had no arm. He's willing to throw it up at least once in a while to the other field. I have no Paris idea. Paris is the one running Paris. all the underneath routes anyway. Him and Paris Campbell. Well, have, what, I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said Pim is the one running all the underneath routes anyway, him and Paris Campbell. Well, that's what, yeah, but it's, you see Pittman running a different style. Paris Campbell's getting to that, that real short stuff, the 10, 10 catches, 70 yards, the nine catches of underneath. It's the, you know, the, the underneath stuff on, in the middle where Pittman runs a little more slants, a little more crosses, a deeper cross a little bit, not you know super deep, but. For Matt Ryan, it was about seven, eight-yard cross. Um, I think Sam Ellinger, like I said, I have a little concern that are you going to continue to make sure you're featuring him where you saw a lot of pass attempts to make sure that he got you know involved at some point. 
versus if we're going to cut that past Stimson half and Paris Campbell's your first read. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, look, look, the efficiency numbers across the board were not good for the wide receivers to begin with, but the volume was there. So that's what we're going to have to figure out. Does it actually be more efficient with Sam Ellinger? Because the volume's not going to be the same as it was under Matt Ryan. And I have, I mean, I don't know. I, I I would say I have a hard time believing the vo- the efficiency will be better, but frankly, that's how bad Matt Ryan was, or who knows, maybe it would be. Uh, but let's get into our be cautious of for these matchups. Be cautious of. So we're not playing Kenny Pickett. He's at my QB 24. We're not playing Matthew Stafford. Stafford belongs on your waiver wire. Get it right. Next, our wide receivers. So this is what I want to talk about a little bit more. Steeler wide receivers in particular. George Pickens, I have my be cautious of because he just he's just outside my top 36 wide receivers. I actually had 37, but here's what I want to highlight. Until further notice, George Pickens is my number one ranked Steeler wide receiver. I got him at 37, Deontay Johnson at 39. I know Deontay Johnson's in the top 10 as far as targets go. Doesn't seem to really matter. And the only guy who seems to have the touchdown slash big play upside of that team with Kenny Pickett, the starting quarterback position is George Pickens. What do you think, Chris? No, I mean, Pickens probably has the upside of the guys. Deontay Johnson has the history. Um, but the guy that like I talked about the last couple of weeks, they've been actually utilizing more in the middle of the field, in particular is Chase Claypool. So having even percent of your snaps is kind of helping him get to that point. But if you're going to continue to use the outside receivers, the outside receivers and kind of down the field, I'm not a huge picket fan when it comes to arm strength, so I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to continue to be aggressive or will you kind of see them get more, you know, comfortable throwing different with the pull over the middle. I don't love any of the receivers in general, um, but I think Pickens has the most upside. Deontay's the guy that you're kind of looking because you just can't imagine he can't be good, but. Chase play Claypool gets traded by Tuesday, yes or no? No. They Everybody says it's not going to happen. They're not going to offer. They want more than people are willing to offer. I tend, I tend to agree. You're not playing Paris Campbell. You're not playing Alec Pierce. The only guy who plays Michael Pittman because he's supposed to be the number one receiver in the offense. Everything else, I got to wait and see when it comes to the Colts. Uh, that actually does it for that segment. So let's take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have three more matchups to cap off the Clairvoyant Thursday here with our second half weekly preview. Uh, just a quick update, though. Uh, this game is getting brutal on Thursday night. Gus Edwards now questionable with the hamstring injury so a lot of brutal injuries with the ravens coming out we'll have to see exactly what happens but everybody stay tuned to the md's fantasy football show we'll be back right after this football is back baby and our new sponsor true classic wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft sure it's football season but it's also butt the couch season Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best-fitting clothing a man can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso, their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets no matter what you're up to. So if your special someone is upset that you're watching football all day, at least you can look good doing it. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men find a perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six-packs, but most of us aren't packing anything but a few beers. Fellas, you are wearing the wrong clothes. 
true classic tees taper off towards the bottom, but they fit tighter around the chest and shoulders. It's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can always confidently throw on. It's about time to get your fit together, so upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good. is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Welcome back into the MT's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks for tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. That way you get notified when we have new content alive or available to you. Check us out live on bellyup.tv too on your web browsing devices. You can find us on demand when you download the Foxy Network app on your LG, Samsung, Roku, or Amazon Fire TV sticks. And you can find us under the Belly Up Sports TV category if you stay up to date with the show. You can download us on your favorite podcast app. You give us a five-star review. Greatly help us out. As always, I'm your host, Dan Meter. Joined here with my partner, Christopher Dowhauer. And we're talking about a clairvoyant Thursday. So we're previewing the second half Hold on, of Dan. week I, eight. I'm seeing into the future. Greg Roman's a moron. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. That is the past, present, and future right there. That's, that's, that's what we like right now. Yeah, it's it's uh, well. Look, I have to say this: the Ravens are up twenty-four to thirteen as right now with going on with this show, and um, we're gonna have more questions about Tampa Bay after this game, I think, than uh, Baltimore. But that is for the Sunday Fun Day recap, which airs on Mondays at ten p.m. Eastern. So make sure you check us out then too. All right, Chris, we got three matchups because there are two teams on by. As a ranker, I can't wait for next week because it's going to be great when there's only there's six teams out and it's going to be so much less work for me to do. It's going to be ugly for everybody else and their fantasy football team, but I digress. We got three matchups to talk about. We got the Giants against the Seahawks. We got the Green Bay Packers against the Buffalo Bills. And then we got the Cincinnati Bengals against the Cleveland Browns on Monday night football action. So I just full disclosure when it comes to Cincinnati Bengals. I haven't had a chance yet to update my rankings with the Jamar Chase news, so bear with us on that front. But let's get into our obvious starters. Obvious starters. Welcome back, Captain Obvious. Yes, I am. Is there anything more Captain Obvious than Josh Allen as the QB1 overall? I don't think there is. What about Joe Burrow? So I had him at QB3. We got the news now with Jamar Chase. Chris, should I be moving Joe Burrow down now that we know Jamar Chase is not going to be able to play in this game, or is T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and having Joe Mixon coming out of the backfield enough with how they've been playing offense as of late? I mean, he might slide a few slots down, but as you alluded to earlier in the show with the quarterback position and the lack of kind of depth that there is, Joe Burrow is one of the guys who's definitely throwing first and definitely has an opportunity to get 300 yards and a couple touchdown passes, which if you get that right now, it's a top you know, five option. So I think Joe Burrow is a guy you're probably going to start regardless if you know, Jamar Chase is in there or not. So the weapons, which you just need to continue to do with these passive aggressives they have turned into beat. This team kind of threw out their playbook from the early in the season and became a shotgun-only offense the last two or three weeks and then throwing the ball at you know, a ridiculous rate. And then with that, they're not changing formations, but that's also not changing formations, not doing different personnel packages. You're getting away with it because Jamar Chase is really, really good. He's a lot of attention. So it's going to get interesting to see if they squeeze a little bit. But we've seen 
is for Joe Burrow, the volume is usually there. Even if when Jamar Chase wasn't there, the volume for him has always been there, kind of traditionally. And it's not like he doesn't have good weapons still to back him up, even with Jamar Chase's uh, absence. So that that's the good news there. And Higgins looked pretty healthy to me last week. Well, I, I say that because, you know, the, the rookie year, Joe Burrow didn't have Jamar Chase. So he did have the year, the weeks that he was really good was the volume and throwing the ball with these receivers as you talked about. And this team's become pass first over the past few weeks. I don't think that changes even in the absence of Jamar Chase. That seems to be their offensive identity at this point. What about the running back? So I got Saquon Barkley. He's my RB2 overall. Again, that's because Derrick Henry's playing the Houston Texans. That's what makes him the RB1. How about the guy I really want to talk about? Kenneth Walker comes into my RB6 on the week. Chris, is he an RB1 the rest of the way? And if DK Metcalf is going to miss time and miss significant time, is this his offense for the future reference? I don't know if he's going to be an RB1 for the season. I don't know if it's going to be his offense for the rest of the season. This team you know, likes the balance that they have and kind of showing that. But this week in particular, I think it is his offense. Um, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars showed you the way to kind of beat Wink's blitzing system in the New York Giants is run right at them because they can't stop when you run right at them. So if they kind of look at that playbook and stick to that script and what's been exposed to the team that gives up a lot of yards and you run at them, I think it's going to be easy for Kenneth Walker to have a bigger game. Without a DK Metcalf, without a Tyler Lockett, this team's going to kind of rely on Kenneth Walker this week. And a matchup in particular, like I said, I think dictates this is his game. Now, moving forward, this team like the balance, like I said, they had. But I love him as RB1 this week. I'm also obviously starting Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's been like the quietest top five running back of all time because No one talks about Joe Mixon. He's not having great, huge, phenomenal games, but his volume and his production keep him in there. He's like kind of like a a weird Najee Harris in a sense. He doesn't get the catches out of the back of Najee Harris, but he gets the volume, as you alluded to. No matter what, this guy's involved. It's highly, highly, highly inefficient. Um, But when you're in a team that scores a lot of points, throws the ball around a lot, you get a opportunity to kind of get some you know, touchdown opportunities. He's been taking advantage of those. And Joe Mixon, as you alluded to, is a guy who keeps scoring points regardless of the efficiency or not. And you don't care how efficient he is. You just want to have fantasy points at the end of the day. Uh, Nick Chubb, obviously you're starting him. He comes in my RB5. What about the wide receivers? So uh, it's only one now because I had Jamar Chase, a wide receiver six. Not anymore. So ignore the graphic. That will get updated. My obvious start for these matchups, of course, is Stefan Diggs back off the bye at wide receiver five. And uh, yeah, what do you think about Stefan Diggs? Is it, you know, is he going to be losing any targets anytime? No, that's a stupid question, too. Uh, yeah, he's just an obvious starter. Yeah, I mean, this is basically the, the most basic. It's biggest compliment you have to uh, Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson, even more consistent Justin Jefferson has been. So, you know, Stefan Diggs is one of those guys who can eat when everybody else eats in this offense. It seems to always be a pass-first offense, but shouldn't change anything this week. Let's move into our lock em in. lock em in. It's a lock. Believe it or not, I am locking in Aaron Jones as a top 20 running back this week. I got him at RB17. Yes, the matchup sucks against Buffalo. I understand that. But I look at the Green Bay Packers. Someone's got to make a play. And if Lazard's out, it ain't going to be the wide receivers. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers' comments when we get to the Romeo Dobbs section of this show. He looks like that he overtook this backfield almost completely from A.J. Dillon because A.J. Dillon has been a snooze fest all season long, and even the Packers can't put up with it anymore. 
Aaron Jones has to do something, whether it's through the, through the ground or through the air. I think the volume is what gives him a top 20 lock of in performance. But what do you think? Yeah, it was that bomb going to give him 18, 20 yards like it has in the last two weeks. The touchdowns is what's been saving him. He's basically putting up Chase Edmonds' numbers earlier in the season. That's what's been kind of saving the day. I don't necessarily disagree with you as a guy, you know, you, you drafted, you're going to have a lot, but he probably could be a top 20 option. But I am very concerned about this offense. I think this game's going to be closer than, you know, people think because it sets up that way. I think Green Bay will show up, so to speak. Um, but I have no faith in this offense moving the ball, particularly in the running game. I think Aaron Jones' is best opportunity is to do the passing attack, but Buffalo's pretty good with their linebackers. Milano's one of the better linebackers you can have versus their, you know, passing running back. So I don't love the matchup. I, I think it's a game that I'm, I myself had Aaron Jones a couple of weeks. I'm not really excited about playing him. I am. I don't know if I had a better option. Yeah. Now, kind of the, let me ask you this question. Moving forward without the Packers offense has been, would you sell high on an Aaron Jones? Yeah, I don't know how high you're selling, but I'm definitely trying to sell I am moving on for Aaron He's still Jones. pretty high after a two-touchdown performance, and he's still been a top-12 running back. Of, uh, he has, and the kind of, I think about you know the question in the sense that running backs haven't all been hitting necessarily, so it is kind of a guy you still you know, have interest in. Um, I would look to – I just don't know if the Green Bay team can get it fixed in a sense. I think they're going to have spurts where you get kind of hope again, but overall the offensive line's broke. That's the problem. Aaron Rodgers isn't aggressive down the field, and the offensive line's broke. So until those things fixed, your running game is more of an imaginary thing right now, and then that's where I'm worried because you can't you can't feature your running backs as your prime passing attack when your your quarterback gives no threat down the field, and then on top of it you can't pass and you run block. So I'm worried about Aaron Jones just in, in theory. If you can find something to upgrade or an offense that you know you, you trust better, um, I think you're I'd make that move if I could. All right, we got a we got a question coming in here. Sit one from Patrick Johnson. He has uh, Cook, Chubb, Ramondre, Tyreek, Amon Ra. Really, guy? Ooh. Sit one out of that group. What are you in a yeah. four man league? I'm not even answering that question. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, let's move on here to Devin Singletary, RB twenty. I have him on the week. The volume's been there. He's overtaking no, his back. Let me, let me ask you a question for that, that question before you blow it off. Is he asking? that we should just pick one of those guys that has to sit between all those guys in the sense that they're not all options are starter, starter. So I have to pick one of the guys, you know, that we're not going to play in his lineup. Is that what, he, is what he asking? I mean, he said sit one and um, those, those are the guys he listed out of the sit one. So that is what I'm assuming. So of that list, what guy wouldn't you play of that list? Of all, all of them. I think that's what he's trying to ask you. I'm I would probably, I'm on raw. I, 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 I would sit. I, I, I agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. But regardless, it's ridiculous. Anyway. And God bless you for that team. <laughs> I mean, it's a possible team. It's a definitely way that people got drafted at. No, but that's that's a yeah, that's a guy bragging about his team. Like it well, doesn't matter what it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you choose to do. It doesn't matter what you choose to do, Patrick. You're good to go. I don't care what you choose to do. <laughs> plain, plain and simple. You're gonna be good. Anyway, getting back no, to this. Seven questions. <laughs> Devin Singletary is my RB20. He's been getting all the volume right now. He's overtaking that backfield. Yes, is are you running the risk that the Buffalo Bills may just forget about the running back? That That's true. It's, it's possible. But I'm willing to take my chances. We saw what Devin Singletary could be on this kind of volume last season. I'm going to keep rolling him out there, and that's why he's my RB20. Possibly the safest RB2 you could have on your team right now. If I'm just guaranteed to be an RB2, you know how much of a higher ceiling than that. But as you alluded to, it has the guy who's definitely being involved considerably has taken over that backfield. And they're only past first teams I talked about earlier. But 
Devin Singletary has a clear role, whether it's the passing attack or the running attack, I think is a guy that you have locked in your lineup as a good option, a flex option, or RB2, like I said. Patrick's saying it's a 12-man team. Well, guess what, Patrick? My hat is off to you to get that super team on a 12-man league. Good good, good work by you. Uh, let's move into good our... Drafting. Yeah, good drafting, and, and I'm going to guess you pulled off a trade at some point, too, because still. Uh, lock them in. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Wide receivers. Tyler Lockett comes in. My graphic's not up to date on this one. I actually moved him down a couple of spots, but still a lock him in guy with a very high floor without DK Metcalf around. Here's why I moved him down a couple of spots, though. He's been ineffective the last couple of weeks, and I do wonder how much that hamstring injury that he's been playing through is still hindering him to some degree. Again, the floor is going to be there this week. There's no doubt about that. That's why he comes into my wide receiver 16. But Chris, is there a ceiling, and is he just working on that floor to keep maintain his value this week? I'm a little bit worried about Tyler Lockett personally. I think he is very injured, and I think he's kind of been out there as kind of a help with DK out there. When DK went down, you didn't see him kind of slice that up. You saw God would step up. Um, so I do have some concerns that Lockett's going to be you know healthier this week. It still continues to be limited. He was supposed to play you know two weeks ago and, and kind of forced his way through it in a sense. So it's got to take a little bit longer to heal. Uh, I think he's got a safe Florida sense that he could be the only option out there or one of the more options out there. But I also think the Giants scheme going to probably be uglier. It's about Walker running the ball a lot. His scheme going to be like, you know, a team, both teams trying to look to run the ball, use the running backs. So I'm not loving, you know, the receiver for him as a receiver this week. If I can kind of avoid doing so. Okay. Uh, I'm locking him in at the top 20 receiver because, again, I expect him to still get plenty of targets regardless. And I will say this. He's not been practicing on Thursdays as of late. He did put in a limited session today. So that is an upgrade from what he's been over the past couple of weeks. But I'm also locking in Gabriel Davis in my wide receiver 19. T. Higgins, <laughs> that's a joke. I, got, I, had, I had T. Higgins at wide receiver 15. He'll be inside my top 12. So, yeah, you're locking him into your lineups. And then uh, Amari Cooper. And wide receiver 17 without David Nujoku. So talk to me about Gabriel Davis. Talk to me about Amari Cooper. Are you on board locking them in as top 20 plays this week? I don't know Gabriel Davis. I'm in the top 20 locking them in, but I definitely am about Amari Cooper being a top you know, 20 locking them in. The only question you used for Amari Cooper is, will him and Njoku be able to kind of both eat that week, and which one will it be? Then Njoku out. The targets are kind of consolidated. We've seen this offense already. When they use him as the feature receiver, he gets the ball. You know, people's Jones is a nice complimentary piece. He'll continue to be involved. There's no other tight end that's to step up. And he'll also really you know, be more involved. Um, Mark Cooper's a nice play, and I think a very safe play to have your lineup this week. I'm locking in Gabriel Davis 100% because Gerald Alexander will likely see Stephon Diggs more times than not. Eric Stokes is looking like he's going to be matched up on Gabriel Davis. Oh, baby. Yes, I love that matchup of Gabriel Davis on Eric Stokes all day, every day on Sunday night football. Okay, how about this for a sleeper tight end? The lock him in for Harrison Bryant coming into my tight end eight. Look, I like Harrison Bryant. I think he's a very good talent, very good athlete. 
and he steps into David Joku role, maybe doesn't quite get as many targets, but I think it'll be pretty close because outside of Amari Cooper, I still, I still think he'll be the next best safety blanket pass catcher for this team against Cincinnati Bengals. I like Harrison Bryant this week as a top-end streamer, and I have him locked in as a top-ten guy. I'm not as brave as you are. I think one of the things I have about Brian, well, he can he be the guy that necessarily steps up for Joku. I think he'll be involved in the passing attack, but he's not a good blocker necessarily. Joku is kind of I don't care about him blocking for fantasy purposes. Well, I think it does matter whether he gets in the field or not, and that's where it's going to impact him on fantasy purposes. I think that when you see Joku, he can utilize part of the attacking unit off that play action in the game, and if Brian's not in there being kind of involved for that, I do have concern he can be involved. I don't love him this week. I think Kareem Hunt's a guy I'd, I'd, I'd look for that third receiver or people Jones as I talked about earlier. I, I think I'm you know, a little richer than I am, so you guys sell more like it. Okay. I'll give you a quick example, Chris. Isaiah Likely can't block a lick. Guess who came in dominated for Mark Andrews this week? Six catches, 77 yards with a touchdown. We're not Guess even who their the offensive coordinator yet. is and all he can ever feature. Stefanski looks like he can only feature one receiver in a tight end right now, too. So I don't know how exactly different got is. a receiver. I, I give him one receiver. No, he's been, he's been featuring both David Njoku and Amari Cooper on a pretty regular basis so far this season. So I, I will give him the t- the wide receiver and the tight end. Uh, let's oh let, let's go into our lookout for players for this group. Actually, look out for. Whatever higher power in the universe there is, please forgive me. Daniel Jones is at my QB eleven. I can't believe I've stooped to this point where he's a low-end QB1, but he runs. He runs a lot, actually. RPO action. That's why he had 100 yards and a touchdown last week. And that's why we have to consider him as a top 12 option this week. Go ahead, Chris. You can lay into me if you want to. No, I won't lay into you, but I, I don't consider him an option necessarily because the very reason you alluded to. I think people, you know, because he's a mobile quarterback, want to play him, but you're overlooking the fact that Seattle, historically, with Pete Carroll, has been very good versus mobile quarterbacks. Very good. Had faced many good mobile quarterbacks. Way better than Daniel Jones. So I'm not worried about Daniel Jones like beating them necessarily. Where I think his arm could be the way he could beat them down the field and through be aggressive for Seattle. I think his game kind of plays right into their hands. I'm not worried about Daniel Jones this weekend. So I think you know I get what you're saying, but I think people are kind of buying the idea that he's going to run around out there, and I don't think it's going to be the case. My heart wants to buy into what you're talking about, but again, when it comes to quarterback situation, I don't love a lot of the matchups of the guys after him, including Geno Smith. I'm not in love with Geno Smith this week. I had him at QB 13 last week. This is exactly where he finished, and I got him at QB 13 again this week without DK Metcalf taking the big play, frankly, off the table. Look, Marquis Goodwin, I know he had a nice game. Marquis Goodwin is a journeyman player. We've seen the same song and dance before. I think it is going to be a Kenneth Walker week, and that's why he's outside my top 12. I, and I, before I say my next part, I want to give Geno Smith some credit because those passes has been through, particularly that touchdown the guy was a, a it was very nice. That was a beautiful pass. It was. I am probably, well, not probably, by far the only person to actually defend Seattle on this team, or on this show, I should say. Um, but in this case, I'm with Dan. Geno Smith is a guy that I'm not loving this week. I think he's an average play. He's a safer play. I don't think he's going to bomb out on you. I don't think Geno Smith's you know, floor is also going to go away from you. But as I talked about earlier, not just as DK could be out, the matchup, the best way to beat the Giants right now is run right at them. Not playing through their blitz. Their corners are doing a decent job. They'll be able to kind of you know, beat them down the field. If you want to just make sure you kind of handle business, so to speak, I think you run at the Giants. I think you kind of keep the limits of turnovers, things that Gina was supposed to just do earlier on the season. 
I guess you're, you're kind of going to see him kind of do that this week. So that brings me to my wide receivers. Talking about the same game, sticking with that, Wandale Robinson, he comes in at wide receiver 33 for me this week. The trade, now this is where we finally get to talk about the trade of Kadarius Tony because we haven't, we haven't been able to talk about it yet tonight. So obviously the trade of Kadarius Tony going to the Kansas City Chiefs, that solidifies Wandale Robinson's role as far as what he's going to be expected to be the rest of the season, which I believe is going to be the number one targeted receiver of the Giants and primarily as a slot receiver. And look, this, this coaching regime, they're the ones who drafted him. They're the ones who wanted him. Seattle, very bad against slot receivers to begin with. So I think Wondell Robinson's actually a nice little wide receiver three play with some upside even from the 33 spot that I have him at currently. I'm not going to argue strongly. I, I, I'd be more comfortable playing him in DFS for you know, purposes, like the value in that sense. I think he's going to be the number one targeted receiver for the Giants after you say Con Barkley. Um, but I think this team has yet to uh, pass 200 yards passing in the last, what, three, four weeks now. I don't know if I'm going to bet on anybody in the receiver court. The guy I would have bet was Sterling Shepard. He's, he's gone. So tell me who's going to playing the Sterling Shepard role. Slayton, Robinson, it was different guys. I'm not touching this receiver. But I, I understand the trepidation. I mean, what you're talking about, great point in the sense that, you know, the, the, a team that you could definitely attack in the slot position, he's going to be the featured guy, which I think we both agreed was going to happen regardless of what happened with Tony. The coaches have kind of made that obvious, I think, from the beginning of the season. Um, he, he solidified it for sure. But I don't know if it's really changed, but I think he's going to be anything that I kind of looked at him as, you know, as a guy that you play, but I'm not loving While we're talking about the trade, Kadarius Tony to the Kansas City Chiefs, what are your thoughts on it before I give mine? I think it's a waste of a third pick, third round pick for the Chiefs. Like, and I, six. I like the, and six. And pick, you have two draft picks. Um, I'm going to try to say this in a positive way in some senses. And I think you're going to make a different take, but I'm curious to see what you say. I think Tony's impact is going to be seen more next season. I don't think this move was made for this season in particular. I think people are expecting that because the Chiefs needs a receiver, this was going to be what they're doing right now in the fixed set. This offense is hard to learn. People ask to do some gimmicky stuff, sure. Maybe some you know jet sweep actions, stuff like he was asked to do under Jason Garrett. Um, but guy's never healthy. Has it's still not healthy. Hampshire doesn't magically heal because he got traded. And was it really for, that hurt though? I don't know how hurt or unhurt he was, but I know Sky Moore is not playing. I know different receivers haven't played for the Chiefs. I know Josh Gordon sat there for like almost a year and a half, supposed learning his offense. I don't think Petraeus is a guy who comes in and studies the playbook. Just just my two cents. Maybe I'm off the book, maybe I'm off. But I think like I said, I think it's more of a move for what we can have a playmaker to kind of build around moving forward next. You'll see him sprinkled in, maybe even use it in the backfield. I think he's going to be more of a gadget player versus a receiver for this Chief team. I think this trade was made for the playoffs. I think it was made for this year, but it was made for the NFL playoffs for Kadarius Tony to be a factor at that point over uh, a Miko Hartman or as a redundancy in case somebody gets injured. What I think this more was is that Sky Moore is not coming along as they would have wanted to. And he's, you know, fumbling away in the special teams. Whether that's a factor or not, we have to see. I don't know if Kadarius Tony is going to be a fantasy factor. And if he is, we're probably talking at least a month away. So maybe for the fantasy football playoffs, if he's actually able to get up to speed at that point, he wasn't actually that hindered by injuries and the Giants would, you know, all things that are just speculation on our part. 
But I think this trade, you don't give up a conditional third, which is based on his playing time, by the way, and a six-round pick if he's not going to play this season or he's not going to be a big factor this season. So I think this trade was made for the second half of the season, was made especially for the NFL playoffs. That's that's what I think. So it may not be for the fantasy team. And I think you might be right, but the conditional playoff, the conditional pick, and, and the reasoning behind a conditional pick it makes me feel like it's definitely more for the future than it is for this year. But I, the playoff thing is a great point. I think that's an excellent point. What about uh, Romeo Dobbs? I got him at wide receiver 32. I don't feel good about it. And this is where I did want to highlight some of Rodgers' comments. I know he went to YouTube and he talked about how, you know, coaching staffs playing the wrong guys and that some guys aren't ready to be out there and that they should have their reps taken away. There's only one guy you could possibly be talking about in that scenario, and that's Romeo Dobbs because of the bad performance that he had last week. Here's the news flash for you, Rogers. In case you haven't noticed, you don't have anybody else to go to, buddy. So I don't know who else you think the coaching staff's going to throw out there magically. And even if they pull off a trade, it ain't going to be by Sunday. So I don't feel great about Romeo Dobbs, but it's attrition. Sammy Watkins is on one leg out there. He looked slow last Sunday. Christian Watson, there's a very outside chance that he'd be ready to go by this Sunday. Cobb's out. Alan Lazard likely not to play. He ain't going to have anybody left to throw to. Well, Watson was limited today. Um, and they are you know, bringing up Winfrey and they bringing up Torrey last week, which all makes me think everything you kind of talked about. Yeah, swing your fingers, and I agree with you, but that makes me feel like they're trying to figure out different guys to use other than Dobbs. I think he's the safest guy in the sense that you could play this week, but I don't feel confident playing any of the receivers. So I, I mean, well, I'd rather avoid take a chance, if you could. Yeah, that's not a, that's that's a that's a definitely beyond for me. You know, be cautious of. <laughs> yeah, I have him to look out for because still the volume dictates a wide receiver three that you can contemplate. But after this week, it might be the end of Romeo Dobbs. That's why I wanted to address the Aaron Rodgers comments speaking of be cautious of be cautious of all right so let's get to the guys not playing hey Aaron Rodgers I'm not playing you at QB 17 there's plenty of other quarterbacks to go with I'm definitely not playing you as the Buffalo Bills you suck you're injured you got no one to throw the ball to so guess what look in case you haven't noticed I've been a big defender about Aaron Rodgers throughout this show and throughout my life and he's pissing me off lately because his stupid comments when he's not holding himself accountable at all for what is going on with the play on the field out there, look, it's not great around you. Yes, the general office for them not getting any wide receivers around you is is abysmal. It's 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 borderline unforgivable. But at the same time, you suck too. So you need to take some responsibility in your own right. And if you're going to act like this and play like this, if Devontae Adams wasn't going to come back, then he should have waited until Devontae Adams signed his contract to sign yours to come back to the Green Bay Packers. You don't want to be there anymore? Then don't be there anymore. I'm kind of fed up with his antics, quite frankly. Yeah, look, I, you are one of the better defenders of Aaron Rodgers, although I defended him a couple of years ago because said he was done and he wasn't quite done yet. Um, but I do think, you know, this in this situation – what we've seen so far this year does show the sense that he's done. I don't know the Devonta Adams things. I don't know if I want him to shut up necessarily. He's not wrong. I mean, in the sense that there's guys running completely wrong routes. There's, it, from what I understand from other outside objective viewpoints, on average, they're having about 25% of their, their guys run the wrong routes on average. Uh, 25% of the time, the guys running the wrong routes or doing the wrong things or, or line up the wrong places. So there is definitely a, a major 
flaw, just people following through the simple things. Having said that, Aaron Rodgers and what you've seen on the field has shown you nothing to act like he's infallible, as you alluded to. You're absolutely the one who should need to be under, under the, you know, the microscope. And same thing goes with Tom Brady as we're talking about the claw people or something. I have no problem with these guys calling out people. They're the quarterback. It's their job. You can scream at anybody you want to. On the flip side, part of being a leader is being accountable and saying, you know what? I'm playing like shit too, and you are playing like shit. When you don't, you can't complete over, I think it was 30% of his passes over 10 yards right now, Dan. 30% of his passes over 10 yards. And that's not always under pressure. So Aaron Rodgers can't blame the line for everything, can't blame the receivers for everything. You are a problem, and I'm not starting. Well, and here's the difference between an Aaron Rodgers and a Tom Brady. Tom Brady came out and said, I need to recommit myself to this man. I need to double down. I love these guys. I do need to play better. He held himself accountable. Rodgers refuses to do so. It's everybody else's fault. It's it's And look, like I said, to your point, I don't disagree with him. It is the front office's fault. It's ridiculous they didn't get him a wide receiver. I don't think Matt LaFleur is an elite head coach. I never did. I've never been impressed by the guy. But, dude, come on now. You're playing like crap, too. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I will give him one thing he said, and this is something that I think that was said purposely, and people aren't talking about this in the media. He intentionally talked about when they scored points and how putrid it was. And the only time they scored points was both times in two-minute drills. I think there's being a message pushed there that's not being acknowledged necessarily by the media, but that could be something that could definitely help this offense, even if like, we talk about Aaron Jones and some of the other guys being involved. Maybe you don't see Aaron Rodgers ever be what he kind of was, but I was so last year, you need pace when quarterbacks can't be what, the kind of, what they were. No, that that part I don't disagree with. Their pace has been pathetic for since LaFleur has taken over, quite frankly. Uh, we're not starting A.J. Dillon. You are keeping A.J. Dillon, though. I do want to make that point. You don't drop a guy like that. He's still a high-end handcuff, but you're not starting him anytime soon. I'm not starting Isaiah McKenzie this week. So Green Bay, while their defense has not played up the snuff, they're actually still pretty good against the slot receiver. So I don't actually love McKenzie this particular week. And I'm not playing Knox. I did have Hurst on my be cautious of. That will no longer be the case. I will be moving Hurst up likely if not inside my top 12, right around that mark. So Hurst is somebody I think you can play with Jamar Chase out. Do you have any words for those players? I just like McKenzie in that mix. You, know, you talked about the matchup, but Rashad Douglas doesn't do a great job versus you know, slot receivers are quicker. Um, I think that uh, if I'm going to attack the Green Bay Packers, I think you can easily attack them in the slot receivers. So I think I, McKenzie's the guy I like that a little bit more than maybe you do. Okay, we'll have to wait and see. That's going to do it for today's show. We don't have a mailbag segment. The questions that we got throughout the day was the mailbag portion of the show. Guys, make sure you tune back in tomorrow night. We'll have the Cashing Friday show where we go over our DFS lineups and our bets of the week to try to get you guys some money and get you entered into the contest. It's the last weekend for it, baby. The Jamison Williams autographed Alabama jersey. There's two ways to get in. They're both in the comments section right now on our YouTube channel. All you got to do is hit the free link to go to our DFS contest and sign up. If you win, your name gets put into the raffle. The drawing of the Wheel of Names is next week. Again, this is the last weekend for the month of October. The other way and the easier way, frankly, in my opinion, to get your name into the raffle is to sign up by going to flex.fan slash bellyupff. You look for the arena. You play the MDFF show team that's in the arena on an open challenge. 
If you do that and you beat me, you also get your name put into the raffle. We don't have as many names in the raffle this week as we did last month because not as many people have been beating us, Chris, in the Flex Fantasy and the DFS. So your odds, if you beat us this weekend, are a lot greater than it was last weekend. And then next week, I will announce what the giveaway will be for the month of November, too. So everybody, make sure you tune in tomorrow night. We'll talk about our DraftKings lineups, talk about some DFS, talk about some prop bets, talk about our lock bets of the week. We might have Chaz Flaherty. I don't know. He's feeling a little under the weather right now, so we'll have to see exactly how he's doing. But regardless, we'll try to cash you out some money. So make sure you tune back in at 10 p.m. Eastern. Download us on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you guys tomorrow evening at 10 p.m. Eastern on the YouTube channel. See you then. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.